0: Honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion hosted on the sportstuff.com. And now your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host Joey or Joey Wijan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on the iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board once again today. It's wet outside, so let's sneak this sucker in here, especially with the uh, Garnett conversation going on with AP Krasinski out there, Twitter, and Yahoo fame, of course. I think the fan interaction segment is going to be as short as it's ever been, pretty much. There's like, no conversation at all. So, you know, I uh, just want to appreciate the, uh, the retweets, though, very much. I'll just mention that right now. Levi. And Vince Germano, Levi Wilson-Brown, Tene Wilson-Brown, Vince Germano, all retweeting the show. Thank you guys so very much. The last episode, 198. So this is episode 199. That would mean 200 is the next one. I'm not really thinking of a huge giant production because of being episode 200 or anything, but I'll talk about it a little bit. 200, you know, it's a cool number, but it's not like 500 or something. So we'll see. <laughs> two, will two, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I come up with something. Also, you know, just again, you know, it's a lawn cleanup season, so mm, we'll f- see what's going on. <laughs> I want to encourage you to join the Twitter, of course, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. The information will be in the, the uh, show description. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. This will be a two-segmenter for sure. We'll talk about the playoffs in segment number two. Segment number one is all about Garnett. Is this guy, I don't know. <laughs> I understand some of his beef, particularly from 2007, this year, sure, there's a little bit, I understand, but... Uh, mm, I don't know. I'm not with some of you out there. I, I know a lot of you are like, okay, John Glenn Taylor's trash, this and that. Uh, in 2007, you could have said that. This time, really, though? I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not all in with that. Of course, great article by A.P. Krasinski on the A.P., of course. He is a local guy, John Krasinski. Awesome name. They just usually call him uh, A.P. Krasinski. Krasinski, or Johnny K, or whatever you want to call him, but, uh, okay, well, Garnett wanted to become a minority owner, all that, so, and he's, he's still thinking about playing, and he's kind of ticked off that he's not playing, that's another part of it, and such, um, he's just kind of thinking, "Why am wow, I think I should be still playing, almost, in a way, and it's more of a mindset than, like, uh, he's pissed off at the Wolves about that, necessarily, even though it would be nice to have him back, I'm sure, particularly for the young guys, but, hmm, I'm, I'm going to have a lot to say about this, uh, I'm going to try not to go ape crap and make this way too long, but, there were circumstances that were unavoidable in this whole situation. Uh, Flip Saunders ultimately promised Kevin Garnett uh, a part of things about being, you know, a minority owner, things like that, possible position in the front office somewhere, somehow, you know, to get some kind of say. But what Garnett's talking about, it sounds like I don't know. It doesn't sound realistic. It really doesn't. Uh, obviously, Flip Saunders suddenly died after a battle with lymphoma and lymphoma, and it wasn't the lymphoma that actually killed him, it was the treatment. The uh, chemotherapy basically renders your immune system inoperative during that time, and the F- Flip Saunders was hit with the flu, or uh, pneumonia, pardon me, at the same time, and it just, it's like there was no, no nothing to fight it off. So that's actually what happened to Flip Saunders, and just really sad, devastating. So that's often why you hear people say, Flip Saunders got sick. its uh, It's not, yeah, he didn't die from cancer, he died from the sickness from the treatment of cancer, so it's just really sad, now of course what took place after that is the Wolves hired Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layton as general manager and all that, Garnett believes that the promises were broken, again this is courtesy of A.P. Krasinski, I've mentioned it enough though, yeah I better stop (laughs) you get the idea, just kind of excited to get this uh, conversation going Uh, he believes that promises were broken and he left last summer with a tense buyout after negotiation with owner Glenn Taylor, um His quote is, I love the young guys referring to Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins and all that, but he said, I told Tibbs that I want, Tibbs, certainly, that I want to work with him, but obviously me and Glenn don't see eye-to-eye on a lot of things, and that's how it's going to be. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. He also envisioned, Garnett envisioned having a large role in the decision making process, particularly when it came to the move to fire GM Milton and coach Sam Mitchell, Garnett's close friend after last season. I had a feeling that it wasn't going to go well, but really though, I mean, really, you, you, he thought he should have a say on, he, he thought he should have a say on what happens with the front office. Am, am I missing something here? Maybe a little consulting, little conversation, but I mean, I don't know, um, he thought he should have a, he envisioned having a large role in the decision-making process, so suddenly he's going to be the president of basketball? No? I, I Did Flip Saunders envision Kevin Garnett being the president of basketball, or did Flip Saunders envision Flip Saunders being the president of basketball, and Flip Saunders being the head coach in the first place? See, talk is that uh, Garnett's basically been saying that uh, Flip told him that Sam Mitchell would be the head coach, and Garnett would have a huge role in the front office, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I buy all that. Is, is this real? Uh, did Flip really say this? I'm I'm confused at that. Um, the other part, the other part of the conversation is how Saunders, Saunders was honored in an emotional service before the team's home opener against Portland last season. Uh, not this current, not this current past season. Uh, it says it included a touching video tribute with players, coaches, media members, and others speaking about the impact Saunders had in their lives. One glaring absence was Garnett. Mm -hmm. who said he couldn't put a lifetime of friendship into three minutes. He says, how do you put a time limit on something like that? And then, too, I thought he wasn't celebrated the proper way. You have the high school banners. You have the bleeping hockey banners hanging in the rafters. (laughs) You couldn't put a flip banner in uh, Target Center someplace that we helped build. We established that market. I helped grow that with him. You can't put him in the rafters. Um, so, you know, I, I agree there should be a flip banner. I agree with that, actually. I don't disagree with that. Um, the video tribute, you know, it was really, really well done. And there was a lot of respect given. So you get upset that you you wanted more than three minutes to talk about? What time limit did you want? That's the question. See, you're being a little too complicated here. I mean, how much time did you want? And... I understand you can't put a lifetime into three minutes, but nobody said you had to put the lifetime into three minutes. Just honor the guy for Pete's sake. Don't get pissed off and then completely diss the entire thing. Now, see, do you, do you see the do you see the flaw here that I'm seeing? I mean, you had no part in the video at all. Okay, what what is that doing? What what does that prove? Does that prove anything to you? Because I'm 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 missing the point here. <laughs> Really? You know, really, Kevin? Really? Okay. Uh, So he said, I just had problems with how they were shoving this all down our throats. Shoving what down your throats? The young guys, they weren't invested enough to really understand what was going on. I chose to be mute, to be professional and keep all the negative energy down. There was a bigger message I wanted to tell, but I supported it and just kept my mouth shut. Again, I'm not 100% sure what he's talking about there. I, I really don't know other than, okay, I understand the young guys don't really understand Flip. They don't really understand what was put together here in the past. Sure, I, I understand that part of it. Shoving what down our throats, though? I, I'm not sure about what what he means by that. Um Seems like you're shoving this down our throats, Kevin. I don't know, shoving your, your uh, bitterness to the organization down our throats. I mean, you know, it gets, it's, hmm. Uh, he says uh, he wants the Timberwolves all the best. He talks to cats, some of the young guys all the time. Hope they can find a special place in commemorating Flip and celebrating him properly. Okay, I mean, I'm not, you know, okay, I'm not against commemorating Flip at all. God bless him. I do think there should be a Flip Sounders uh, banner in the rafters. There should be. Um, I say get that done. I say get that done. I'm completely in agreement with that. With that uh, conversation, uh, it yep. Uh, AP Grzinski continuing saying it remains unclear Garnett what Garnett was promised. Uh, the league rules did prevent Taylor from negotiating any type of ownership stakes with Garnett while he was still playing, and the relationship was already frayed from Garnett's first exit in 2007. This is where it gets interesting uh, when he was traded to Boston. So the bulk of the conversation occurred between Garnett and Saunders, whom Garnett trusted like few others. See so, up again, a little bit too much. Um, Taylor signed off on the you know $8.5 million a year or so, $8.25 a year, in the last two years for Garnett there. He was 16 and a half overall, 39 years old at the time. That's a lot of money, you know. I mean, it's not bad to give to somebody who is, you know, obviously much more of a assistant coach, I would have to say, than a player. But, okay, I mean, you know, sure, it's a respect thing, this and that, but I don't know, and, and you can't put a value on this and that. I think some of you are overrating that a little bit, even though, okay, his presence is very much uh helpful, especially defensively, it would have helped a lot, but again, don't go crazy with that all the time. I'm not saying I want him gone, but don't go crazy on saying let's give him like a uh, give him whatever he wants just to be basically around <laughs> you know so that's right got kind of, you know there's there, there's a gray area with that as far as I'm concerned um I'm going to talk about the two thousand seven exit first when Glenn Taylor accused Kevin Garnett of tanking now. This is where Glenn Taylor dropped the ball. <laughs> See, I mean, I'm not a Glenn Taylor apologist, but at the same time, I'm not a Garnett apologist. And Glenn Taylor... I'll, 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 I'll come back. to I was going to go into what the, the 2016 uh, situation with bringing in Thibodeau. I'll, I'll go to that next. But in 2007, when he dropped the ball saying Garnett was tanking, Garnett never tanked, okay? Garnett was not a go-to guy. That whole point is Garnett was not a go-to guy for this team. He's not a number one scoring option, but he did the, he did a lot of little things and he did a lot of big things defensively. He was still a good, he was still a very capable scorer, but was not the guy offensively. No, he's not the guy you give the ball at the end of the game. Sometimes okay, but not all the time. And he'd often give the ball up to the Dean Garrett and Anthony Peelers of the world, which would drive anybody insane if you're a true fan of this game of basketball. Now, again, the dropping the ball and accusing Garnett of tanking, that's way off base. Accusing Garnett of not wanting to be the number one scorer down the stretch of the games would be 100% accurate because I saw it happen four years four years in a row, every game I watched, pretty much. It, it is what it is. Sometimes he'd be the guy, but not often enough. Not very often. And, you know, it's because that's just not who he is. Some people, that's not who they are because he did all this other stuff. It's like, okay, sure. Defensive player of the year or candidate for it. Uh, you know, 2010 5, this and that, you know, an overall two-way type of guy, sure, multifaceted. But again, to accuse him of tanking is, is flat wrong. Uh, Garnett gave his effort every single night, and I will 100% stand by that as a season ticket holder again. Garnett did not dog it, ever. Um, in the play in the postseason, or excuse me, the preseason, he took it easy, because you're supposed to take it easy in the preseason when you're getting paid, you know, $24 million a year, Because if he went down with a broken ankle or something, the season's messed up pretty bad. I won't say it's over, but it's damaged. Severely damaged. Unless he went down to the ACL, then the season is over. Because, yeah, you're screwed. Because, again, you don't have the number one scoring option. If I was Glenn Taylor, or Kevin McHale, but particularly Glenn Taylor, if you're going to say something, I would have three points to make with Garnett. Three points to make. Um... Well, and at the same time as well, like I said, all the way back on my very first episode, back when Glenn Taylor was talking and he did not mention Garnett tanking, I don't, I don't believe that was the article in the Star Tribune. The very first episode of Timberwolves Explosion, which is now available on iTunes, I don't know if Dylan Richardson did this or if just Hipcast did this, but every single episode in the history of Timberwolves Explosion is now on iTunes from from one ninety nine to one. Can you believe that? Isn't that cool? This is one ninety nine, of course. Duh. Um, that's cool. So you could listen back to that. And I said the same point at the time when Garnett had Garnett had been traded a year ago. They should have brought in I would have aggressively pursued bringing in a number one scoring option at best possible. I mean, you got to try somehow some way to get it through trade, particularly free agency whatever if humanly possible, free agency. That's the other problem with Garnett was the stupid salary cap problem again. That's another point I'm going to get to at some point down the road here. But the situation uh, there is, during the course of Garnett's time on this team, you needed a number one scoring option, or at least a fourth quarter, you know, killer. Which you did have with Sam Castell for one year. It should have been longer than one year, but it was one year. The second year, he, he his, his, his attitude went down the tank, which was not cool. Spreewells was just, ugh, don't even start. Um, didn't even belong in the league anymore with that attitude. Uh But the Timberwolves should have pursued a number one scoring option. You know, it's like, okay, Kevin, we understand you're the best player on the team, but we need another, we need a guy to help you out who can, you know, who could carry the scoring load a bit more, a bit more than you. So you're not counted on to do literally everything. So there you go. Now you got yourself a great team, and that's why the Wolves... Had their great season in oh three oh four. They won fifty eight games. They could have won sixty five the way they were going if not for a, a cold stretch going on uh, in the later stages of that season. It was too bad. Kind of like the wild, like in March, like the wild this year. oh you know, best season in the franchise history by a mile for the wolves and the wolves wild slightly best season it could have been by a mile. But again, the March swoon is what hurt both of these clubs. Um, but yes, to have that number one scoring option, or at least a clutch guy for the fourth quarter, who can really, really help this team, which Marbury was supposed to be, in the, at the, in the get-go, he would have been a higher scorer than Garnett. Um, then, then there you go. That's the perfect combination. But when it got to that point in 2007, Kevin Garnett was 31 years old already, there's three points here. You don't come up, you, you don't go and tell Garnett he's tanking. <laughs> because that was just, you just, that's the last thing you tell Kevin Garnett is that he's tanking. It's like he's saying, screw this, I don't care. Let, you know, let's get a draft pick. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he would have liked a nice draft pick if McHale was a little better at drafting. But that didn't help either. Um, <laughs> all three of those guys are at fault for different things. Garnett's contract hurt the team in a big way. And that's finally leading to the three major points here that I would... Uh, consult Kevin Garnett about in the two thousand and seven trade with for Al Jefferson or whoever, Al Horford. If we were traded with the Hawks, or God knows after that, Kevin, this team is plateauing right now. Um, I don't see this team getting better, getting good enough with the way things are going, until you're too old to really be the guy. You know, to be the, to be the guy anymore. Uh, and you really want to spend the next five or six years here, hoping this team develops into something special, and then you're too old, and you're struggling out there, and you're frustrated. And again, there's no guarantee that this team will ever get to the level we want it to. We want it to. And again, then you're too old, kind of like Patrick Ewing with the Knicks, this and that, and then it's just a big bummer. So the whole thought process would be we're, we would be trading you for that, that reason, partially to at least a give you a chance to play for a team that might help you win a championship. And again, we're plateauing here. So there's no guarantee this is going to get better. Again, we'll be too good to get a great draft pick. And that will slow the process down to God knows. And then you'll just get older and we'll be stuck at 41 and 41 for the rest of eternity until you're too old and then we really stink. And then I can't even, I would hate to see his career end that way. So then that's one of the reasons, again, give you a chance to compete for another team. Again, give us a chance to rebuild <laughs> by clearing up that salary cap space and such. So th- those are the three points, ultimately. Uh, plateauing, we don't want you to get too too old and then we, we can't improve. We can't get draft picks. B, we clear up the cap space. And C, you get a chance to compete with a team right now. Right now. And... That's exactly what took place there that was the that that's what I would approach Kevin Garnett with. Um, we don't want you to lose the last five six years of your your prime or even two two to three years of your prime and as you start to get a little bit older your post prime but still good years you know we don't want to see you suffer here with a 41 win team so here's an opportunity and here's an opportunity for us to not only rebuild but again to clear the cap space as well and again to help you have a chance to compete, so those are the three points really put together, uh, when you, when you talk to Kevin Garnett about uh, trading him, and that would be the reason, and again, it's, it's to help you and to help us, it's definitely nothing personal, it's not about lack of loyalty, um. We, we would be helping each other. We don't want to see your career wasted. And that I was very happy for Kevin Garnett when he went to Boston and won a championship. I was happy for the for the this possibility that the Wolves could clear the cap space and then also get, get, you know, higher draft picks with a worse record because you're starting over. It gives us a chance to start over rather than just kind of try to force our way to mediocrity for the next five, seven years. So ultimately things were not managed well after that. Anyway, and that's on management, unfortunately, but with a good team, sometimes you're able to pick things back up right away. Unfortunately, the Wolves weren't able to do that, but ultimately, you know, just imagining myself in charge, I would hope me and whoever is under me (laughs) would do a better job putting the blueprints together a little better than things were, so I don't know, but I'm just making that up, I'm just imagining me but as, as the owner, um, but I don't know, I've got to step out of myself on that one, because who who knows what I'd be like, but I would give it everything I got, I got to tell you that, um, without being too crazy, but that would be, that would have been my approach, not about he was tanking, and this and that, I, I wouldn't say any of that, I would say thank you very much for the effort you've brought this team, If I think, secretly think Kevin Garnett's a pain in the ass behind the scenes, I'll just keep that to myself. Maybe say that, (laughs) say that to whoever, but not to his face, not to the media, you know, whatever. Uh, If he was quote unquote tanking, maybe because he didn't want to get hurt. And maybe because it was obviously, again, it looked like the team was tanking when Mark Madsen's jacking up three-pointers at the end of the game, so we could make sure we don't, uh, be too high, and end up giving the Clippers the protected pick, which we then used on, who, what was it, Rashad McCants, anyway, Ooh, Rashad McCants, or was it Randy Foy, Ooh, ooh, ooh. you know, like, none of those worked out too great, but it is what it is, so, kind of point made there, about 2007, um, give Garnett a chance to go to a competitive team, give us a chance to clear our salary cap, give us a chance to rebuild and start over, to start over from scratch. And with, we wish better management than it ended up being, as we're still re 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 rebuilding And I think Flip Saunders got it right. Unfortunately, his death was completely unexpected, which you would hope would be for a guy who was only 60 years old. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, things went the way they have. Um, Glenn Taylor had, as we come back to forward up to 2016-17, Glenn Taylor had to be aggressive to bring in a face of the franchise as a coach, as a president of basketball operations. Kevin Garnett is not ready to be a president of basketball operations. What would Kevin Garnett's role have been under Flip Saunders? Would he have been the vice president of basketball? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. It's possible because Kevin McHale was vice president of basketball, a former player. It didn't take too long for him to move up into the front office and all that. Um, I don't know. It seemed like Garnett's attitude's a little different than McHale's, though. So, I don't know. I mean, McHale maybe is a little bit calmer behind the scenes than Garnett might have been. Who knows? Um, Again, before I put my foot in my mouth here, who knows what would have happened here. I, I would not have been against uh, Garnett being an assistant general manager, being like a, a, you know, a major consultant, uh, things like that. I, I can't even think of what role he would be, honestly. Would he really be vice president of basketball operations? But again, Flip Saunders would be the president of basketball operations in this whole perfect world situation. Uh, Flip Saunders would have been the head coach again in this whole perfect world situation that Garnett's envisioning. F- Flip Saunders would have been the coach. And talk is that Flip Saunders was going to stay the coach for a four-year period and then hand over the reins to Ryan Saunders. That was the conversation uh, behind the scenes. I, uh, Marcus the Forecaster wrote information on that about a year two, two years ago or so. And that's what the case would have been with Flip Saunders. That was back when he was still living, if I remember correctly. I think Flip was still around at the time, and that was Flip's plan. Um, long-term plan, f- coach for four years, hand the reins over to Mr. Uh, Ryan Saunders. There was even conversation long ago about Flip should get a go after Tom Thibodeau, stay the president and make f- Tom Thibodeau the president, uh, excuse me, the head coach. That would have been really interesting. So Thibodeau's name was definitely nothing new in conversations bringing him into this to coach this team. The debate does become, I mean, Tom Thibodeau, I don't know, does he have a bad attitude Did he push Kevin Garnett away? I'm not sure. Scott Layden's kind of weird. He's kind of a weird guy, but I kind of like him, too. (laughs) I don't know. As weird as he is, I kind of like him. Uh, Thibodeau, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, He doesn't seem like he would be like a big jerk, necessarily, but closed-minded, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of Tom Thibodeau. Uh, They say he's actually a pretty nice guy, the, the players, anyway basically say he's nothing like he is on the you know, on the television when he's like "Switch, switch, HOT ENOUGH! WHAT ARE YOU DOING? Jiminy CHRISTMAS! Except fill in the blanks, JC, every five seconds. So uh, he's not like that behind the scenes when he's coaching and practicing and all that. So uh, I don't know. Um, Flip and Thibodeau had a pretty good relationship in Boston, so I'm not sure. I don't know where to go with all this. It's it's frustrating. I don't think Kevin Garnett was treated unfairly here. Uh, I think the unfairity, the most unfair thing of this of the whole of the whole cyclone, uh, mesocyclone of information here is well, life is life. Life itself is not fair. Flip Saunders dying is not fair. Life itself is not fair. That's the unfairness of it all. You can't blame Glenn Taylor, you can't blame Kevin Garnett, you can't blame Tom Thibodeau, you can't blame Scott Layden, you can't blame anybody for that. You can't blame the refs either. <laughs> Some people might try to blame the refs for that one. Uh, <laughs> um, but the contract, all that, I don't think the contract helped the Wolves. I don't think turning down $103 million back in 2007 was good PR. I, I, I really don't. I think that was kind of the beginning of the end, and a lot of people kind of saw that too. You know, go ahead and get mad at me for that conversation. It did not help. It did not help the situation at all. Uh, $125 million for a guy who hadn't proven himself. He ended up proving himself, sure, but there was no guarantee. He was averaging 17 points and 8 rebounds a game as a, as a second-year guy. That does not spell $125 million. Like, you know, maybe the next contract. $103 million is a lot of money to give to a guy for $17 million. I think Garnett should have taken that. I think that would have been a little bit better. It would have given this team a chance to bring in another piece. Again, nobody could anticipate Marbury being a little a-hole that he was. But then again, maybe you could have. Maybe when you look at these, maybe when you read the Sports Illustrated or Slam or whatever the heck, and he's constantly talking about New York and, oh, riding the subway and, oh, riding the bus home and, oh, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York. Uh, okay, Frank Sinatra, New York, New York, yes, we know, we know, take a bite out of the Big Apple, we, we know, yes, Steph, we, we know you want to go back to New York, um, <laughs> as just a kid, as just a 17-year-old, I was a kid back then, reading magazines, you could kind of get a clue that Murray wanted to go back to New York at some point, at some point in his career, or at least would love the idea of it, um but damn, that was, a, that was a nice group of players, and unfortunately, that's that was the result, and Garnett's contract then started to get in the way, because see, at the time, Garnett's contract wouldn't have been as much in the way when you already have Stephon Marbury. Maybe you need to bring in a third option, because Tom Gugliotta wasn't going to last forever. He was, what, eight years older than Garnett and uh, Marbury? Eight, nine years older than those guys? He's born in 68. Uh, he's also a New Yorker. He's the Italian Tom Gugliotta. Tom Gugliotta. So, uh with the barbed wire, all that, but he was an awesome player, and then, unfortunately, the tragic ACL injury, uh, I forget the guy's name, Oh, I forgot the guy's name, I remember, he was a journeyman, shaved head, went up for a layup and dive-bombed into Gugliotta's knee, poor thing, poor Tom, um, but, again, Marbury alienated Gugliotta, so, Gugliotta, <laughs> I'm talking an Italian accent here, uh, but, uh, uh, whatever, you know what, whatever, right, <laughs> I wish. I wish things worked out better. I really do. It just seemed at every turn, you, you know, googly out of leaves because he's tired of Marbury's attitude and trying to freeze him out of the offense and just being a dick. And then Marbury ends up fulfilling his dream and getting reattached to his umbilical cord. Terrell Brandon's brought in. He looks really good his first, first few months because it was a <clears throat> contract year. And then... Once he gets the sixty million dollars, blah blah blah, another disappointment, and then he goes has the uh, and then he finally starts showing signs, and then he has the microfracture surgery, and that was all she wrote. Wally Zerbiak looked pretty good; looked like it was going to be a nice relationship. The first, you know, like the first training camp between Garnett and Wally, and that quickly went the way that did. The relationship to they're two very different guys; they're oil and water. I could go on for hours on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I was there. I watched it. Um, I watched the relationship uh, in the early, early stages. I was at the public scrimmage. They looked like they got along really well. And then again, it just kind of went the way it did. Wally wanted the ball more often. Wally seemed to think he was more of a player than he than he was. He could have been a he could have been a Clay Thompson. I mean, you don't have to have the ball, dribble, pound it, and drive the dive to the basket to be a star player in this league. Klay Thompson has proven that so beautifully with the Golden State Warriors. As much as I hate that team, I like Klay Thompson, actually, a little bit. So, <laughs> oh, man, it pains me saying that. But I kind of like him, and I kind of like the role he plays. Catch and shoot. Why why didn't Wally do that? Maybe Garnett and Wally would have had a better relationship then. And uh, Wally would have got the ball, and he would have put it up, and he would have sank it. Catch and shoot's high percentage. Not driving to the basket trying to do spin moves when you're like... You know, you're not on Marbury, so it might not work out quite the same. Maybe, uh, I don't know, the ball handling not quite at Marbury's uh, level either, so uh, the speed and the ball handling, not quite in the same department. Ah, oh, Stupid. So, Garnett, yes, he went through a lot of disappointments. Uh, you went through that, the team didn't get better, and then you then you finally bring in Cassell and Freewell. That's just a freaking awesome year. And then Cassell's back goes out. Another disappointment there. You just can't get past the Lakers and Kobe's laughing his ass off and calling Mar uh, Garnett P A B punk ass blank. Okay, <laughs> you know, all those words behind the scenes. Uh when he was shooting free throws, Garnett was. Um, that was kind of a funny YouTube video. <laughs> And then the massive disappointment came in where it's just, it, it was over. I mean, it was over. Wally was gone. You, another stupid trade there. Just stupid trade. Not that Wally was a good player. Uh, not that Wally was a superstar, but it's a stupid trade. Stupid, stupid trade. Uh, put us in even high, heavier cap uh, debt, basically, you could call it. It's basically like credit debt, in a way. Because you can't do anything. Um, you trade away an expiring contract and make a little candy. Just, I, I would say just go home and Go home and go home and get tased at a at a club. That's what you're best at, and uh, wrap up the season. Instead, you bring in Mark Blunt, Mr. Mediocrity, who doesn't rebound. Sounds like, you know that sounds familiar with Thaddeus Young there. But then um, five more year con- five more years on the contract, or was it four? So it's just one stupid move after another. And then he goes through that. Of course, you see Malik, he sees Malik Sealy die. That was really sad. Of course, his friend died many years ago, Garnett's in a motorcycle accident, if I remember correctly. Um, and then Flip, Flip he comes back. He gets to see Flip again. Works with Flip again. And then Flip dies. It's just so. I mean, I I feel for Garnett. I sympathize with a lot of the crap that happened to the poor guy. But at least he got to go to Boston and had a hell of a time there for about four years there. That was fun. It was beautiful. And Glenn Taylor just. Ease up on the tanking talk. Ease up on the stupid contracts to Joe Smith and, and uh, Trenton Hassel. Again, those were partially Garnett's fault. In fact, they were Garnett's fault in a lot of ways. Um, no, no, they weren't Garnett's fault in terms of the contracts, but they were Garnett's fault in terms of, like, you know, con- wanting certain guys here and getting pissed off if they weren't here. Um, the Bulls were a little different about it with Jordan. You, sometimes you can't always bring guys in. So, again, I guess at the end of the day, that's management in a sense. Um it's kind of both of them, though. I'd have to say, I would say it's kind of kind of both of them. But then again, management with the stupid contracts, that's where you get screwed. So, uh, okay, before I twist and turn this conversation any longer, let's wrap this up and talk about the postseason. Uh, Timberwolves explosion again the fan interaction looks like it's on hold hopefully we'll get some conversation from those of you out there comment about the Garnett article we'll talk about that in the next episode then as long as there's some fan interaction Facebook and Twitter I'll wrap up the show with that a bit Uh, but first of all let's talk about that postseason let's get to it (sighs) Golden State is up 2-0 in Portland whatever sucks Uh, Portland not showing as much resistance and it's just kind of like last year in a sense um Eastern Conference, I think, is more interesting at this stage. Uh, Houston looking good against OKC okay, so far, but but uh, Mr. Westbrook with his 50 points and his triple-double and such in the second game. The first game, again, stupid shot attempts and frustrating to watch. And go ahead and get mad at me for saying that. You know, I mean, you know, some, some sometimes you got to just tell it like it is, just stupid shot attempts and that's kind of that's kind of who Westbrook is he's not the best guy in the world when it comes to shot attempts Spurs looking good against Memphis so far uh, Fizdale with an awesome rant I'd have to say really upset about the lack of free throws and the lack of respect towards his team and he says uh, you can put that you can put that to data uh, that was pretty funny uh, the way he ended that slamming his hand on the table uh, Utah and the Clippers um, you know uh, Utah getting things started pretty nicely. The Clippers rebounding. That series is 1-1. The other two, of course, the other three series were, of course, 2-0. It's like, so far, not a whole lot to say about the postseason and, and such. You know, I mean, there have been some good games, but overall, I mean, I I, I don't know. Um, they, they've been all right, to be honest, but again, not, nothing spectacular thus far. I'd have to say this series has been the closest, and Utah able to survive against the Clippers, thank God for that, able to run the clock down a bit. And, uh, again, Johnson with a really nice uh, buzzer beater. Joe Johnson, once in a while, he'll, he'll hit those super clutch shots. And good on him. He's got a little Tim Hardaway in him, I guess I'll say. When Hardaway was older, he would hit those clutch shots to the Dallas Mavericks and such. And I remember uh, Terry Porter with some clutch shots with the Portland Trailblazers. And, or, excuse me, the uh, the uh, Miami Heat and uh, and the San Antonio Spurs later on. Porter, nice little run with them. Sometimes uh, when you get older and you're this veteran coming off the bench, you can be very helpful for this playoff team. Uh... The Clippers kicked the Jazz's ass in the rebounding category in the second game. 99-91. Not a single triple-digit score in any of these games. Quite surprising, to be honest. Clippers, strong performance in Game 2, luckily enough to nod up the series. So good for them. Of course, in the first game, the Clippers Clippers were a bit short-handed at times in that one. With injuries, of course, Crawford, nothing special in that game. He was okay. uh, But overall, again, you see players falling out. You see frustration. A fun series, though, in the Western Conference. I'd have to say Houston's fun to watch and good, good on them going up two to zero as last year. You'd see Oklahoma City go right through the Houston Rockets. You'd think, but unfortunately for the Rockets, it was the it was the Warriors. Pretty much um, great game by Westbrook, though. At, at least Game Two much more competitive than Game One. I mean, Game One was garbage. It just was stupid shot attempts. Uh, Westbrook only had twenty two points in the game, and he was missing everything. Sometimes it's just there's more to sports than just, you know, your stupid-ass fashion and your your dumb shot attempts. There's a little bit more to that, and of course, statistics, all that. Uh, much better game. Game two. This was probably the most entertaining game of the entire postseason to this point. Uh, Chicago, what the hell's going on over there? <laughs> what the hell's going on with the Chicago Bulls and the Boston Celtics? I mean, Brad Stevens, is this guy ever going to get out of the first round? You know, I guess, you know, for, for Wild fans that are annoyed at the Bruce Boudreaux or, like, say, Anaheim Ducks or Washington Capitals, it's like your postseason for, you know, your, your regular... You postseason... It's like your regular season for, for, for Doe rather than postseason for Doe. It's like it's supposed to be regular season for show and postseason for Doe. And, uh, unfortunately, for the Celtics, so far not the case. The Chicago Bulls are postseasoning for Doe thus far. Uh, just a close victory... In the first game and all that, but then the the second game just uh just kind of rolled right over this club. And both of these games in Boston, not a good way to start off your your postseason. Uh, Boston, not not at all. Uh, nice clutch job by the Bulls in the first game, Uh, Jimmy Butler's been awesome, Rajon Rondo was really good in the second game, just awesome, Uh, almost had a triple-double, but that first game, you know, very strong overall performance by Jimmy Butler, 30 points and such, Rondo's still solid, and and now you're seeing what Rajon Rondo's value is, this time he's not getting ejected, this time he's not suspended or, or, you know, suspended by the team or sent home by the team like Dallas last year. Uh, Rajon Rondo doing a wonderful job so far with the Chicago Bulls, and Dwayne Wade, eh, you know, you're mediocre, old, not so special in the first game, but so, but still okay. Uh, Brooke Lopez, excuse me, Robin Lopez, very solid, making the shots he needs to, staying up close and finishing the job. Of course, Isaiah Thomas playing with the heavy heart, and my condolences to his sister who died in a car accident <clears throat> in the Washington, D.C. area. Pardon me, as I try not to cough to death there. <clears throat> Mr. Isaiah Thomas, though, my condolences to your sister. We'll give her a moment of silence. And God bless the uh, Thomas family. 33 points in his sister's honor. Awesome uh, start. It looked like the Celtics were going to roll past the Bulls in this series. Just spectacular start to things. But unfortunately, Chicago would answer, and they just, they've just they continued to answer. Um, I, I, I don't understand. But the Celtics look kind of confused out there. Uh, Al Horford who, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his lately, but boy, he's been very good in this series, to be quite honest. He's really stepped up. Uh, Kelly Olenek, man. See, that's the other side about Flip Saunders. Can you imagine if Flip Saunders took Kelly Olenek instead of even Gorgie Zhang and then passing on the Greek freak, this and that. But, oh, I mean, see, this is, it's just further fact as great as Flip was as a president of basketball operations, nobody's perfect. I mean, Kelly Olenek would have been a lame pick, man. So just saying. Just saying. I love you, Flip Saunders. I love you. Don't, don't, let's not, uh, please, nobody get mad at me for saying that. I got to be honest, though. Come on, let's be fair. Uh, game two, of Chicago Bulls, 111 97. Both games at home for the Boston Celtics. Both losses. That's not good and it's never happened since we went to the seven game uh uh thread. A eight eight seed has never won both games on the road against the one seed. Of course, it's a one versus eight all the time. Since we went to the seven game thread here in the first round, and eight seed has never done it. That was back in about oh four. You'd think it was further back. Now, of course, there's been seven games and all that, but one and eight never played in seven-game series back in back in say you know two thousand even or nineteen eighties of course those were five-game series back in the day. So in the last 10, 10, in the last thirteen years or so, it's never happened. And Chicago the first to do it. Good on them. Awesome game by Jimmy Butler. Uh, a really solid, strong, steady game by Rajon Rondo just leading the way. And again, you got to remember this is his former club. Robin Lopez has been so valuable. For this Bulls team, I mean, again, you know, staying close to the basket and finishing the shots he needs. To, he needs to just get in the job done. Eighteen and nine, Rondo with fourteen assists, five steals in the game. Wade, there you go. That this is the Wade you want to see, not that eleven-point guy who makes one third of his shots. This time he made more than half, and he was awesome. Twenty-two point performance, very clutch hitting threes, one after another. He had three threes in a very short stretch, and it just kind of finished the Bulls off. Excuse me, the Celtics off. An overall fun game. You can tell I'm enjoying the Eastern Conference a little more because it's more evenly matched, uh, other than, of course, Clippers and uh, Jazz. Kind of evenly, it's evenly matched, but I, I don't like the Clippers and Jazz very much. Uh, Rudy Gobert being out is not helping the Jazz cause at all. Of course, he was injured right away, so that sucks. Uh, Rudy Gobert is another guy that the... Uh, Marcus the Forecaster and I were talking about not too long ago. We wish Flip could have taken him. He would have been better than Gorky, and he was taken much later in the draft, but I don't know. Did did a lot of you know who Rudy Gobert was really going into that draft? Uh, You know, I mean, sometimes you have to be fair. I mean, Gobert really, really, really turned out to be a wonderful player for that jazz, and boy, what a defensive stud he would have been for the Wolves. imagine Gobert with uh Carl Anthony Towns we had conversations about that imagine uh, again uh, if Pekovic was healthy it's not because Pekovic was great but my god he would clog that middle so much there was nothing the other i mean the other teams were rendered you know he would clog that middle so much that Carl Anthony Towns could roam free and do whatever and he would get 17 rebounds, 5 blocks, just weak side defense, he would be everywhere. That's where you see the real Carl Anthony Towns in terms of you add the defense and you add the aggressiveness. He doesn't have to uh, kind of stay down low the whole time. Now I don't like the threes constantly, but a little bit of roaming like a you know where a power forward can do and he could just just tear up this league beyond anything. He he could be uh, like a uh, Antonio Davis. Ah, uh, Antonio Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis. Let's not get those two guys mixed up. Anthony Davis, not Antonio Davis, even though Antonio was pretty good. Uh, Washington and Atlanta. The Hawks, you know, they played pretty well in that first game. They took the lead and all that. And then just they just didn't hang on. And Washington, again, similar situation. Bradley Beal and John Wall just getting the job done. in the Washington Bullets slash Wizards slash whatever they are, slash Timberwolves logo. I mean, you look at that basketball, it's the same logo. It's the same logo, it's just a different angle, that's all. You got the star in the middle, you got the same exact look. It's the same thing. Do you not see the plagiarism going on by the Wolves here just a little bit? It's probably the same organization that did the logo. I wouldn't doubt it. even have the circular Washington Wizards just like Minnesota Timberwolves. The whole stock circular look. And it's the exact same style of uh, of border and and such. The only difference is the font a little bit. And I mean just tiny, slight difference. It's the same logo, dude. (laughs) Come on now. It's the same logo. What is this? The AHL, the American Hockey League? Huh, even even that's better even the AHL even the AHL logos are better than that watching the wizards and timberwolves logos you know i love the color scheme for the wolves I even like the wizards new color scheme versus that stupid garbage they had for so long um i'm like i like that they have the washington bullets look to their uniforms again still not as good as it was but it sits better um but the the design kind of stock you know i mean it, ah whatever uh, I love Atlanta's uniforms. How can you not love them? But again, the Hawks losing a couple of close games in Washington. Unfortunately for them, they're down two games to zero already. That sucks. And I do think the Wizards will advance. And uh, boy, the Wizards might go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Did, did, I, did, did you see that coming? I mean, what an easy bracket. Unless the Bulls go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics are going to have to wake up and shock the world here. They're going to have to just be... Phenomenal, and I think Chicago wins Game Three, which is really bad news for Brad Stevens. I mean, what the hell? An awesome coach, and then he's never gotten out of the first round. Couldn't get past the Hawks last year. Got beat the hell out of by the Cleveland Cavaliers the year before, despite injuring Kevin Love. Thank you, Kelly Olenek. And uh, that was all there. All she wrote there. Toronto, Milwaukee, go Bucks, eh? Go Bucks. They're hanging in there, one game to one. Good for them. They they actually won the first game on the road. Nice strong defense. They yeah, outscored the Raptors by 19 points in the in the second half. Very clutch overall. Uh, the Greek Freak with 28 points in that one. Monroe was solid off the bench. Uh, Thon Maker getting the start. How about that? How about Thon Maker getting the start? You know, kind of a Garnett role. About 15 minutes again. You know, I mean Garnett when he's you know 40 years old, but starting but playing limited minutes in the game. I really, really, really like Thon Maker. Three blocks in the game. Thon Maker. Looks like Kevin Garnett out there. Similar game model. Again, don't not sure he's a future Hall of Famer or anything, but I'm just saying his game model, his style, is a lot like Garnett's. His, the way, just his style of play, the energy, this and that, uh, very similar to Kevin Garnett's. Uh, it's just I think his game was modeled after your guy, Kevin Garnett, out there. Uh, nice solid performance by the Bucks. Good strong defense and impressive to see. Nice to see Middleton at least healthy. That's good. <laughs> Beasley, five minutes of nothing, unfortunately for him. Toronto, another strong game back and forth, but DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry kind of led the way there. That's one of the best backcourts in the NBA. Again, I won't stab on my foot. I won't put my foot in my mouth in that one. A better performance by Toronto. You always think of Toronto being the defensive club with uh, Mr. Dwayne Casey as the coach, but in this case, they had to score more to beat the Bucks rather than play play a st- super strong defense. They kept the Bucks to ninety seven. This turned the Bucks a oh, hundred, so it's not that big of a difference. But Toronto's offense woke up a very, very capable offense. Uh, DeRozan and Lowry, not spectacular numbers, but good enough. They got the job done. They shot over. They shot fifty percent each, and they got help from Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, Ibaka, whatever you want to call him, sixteen points, even six assists. And seventeen, or excuse me, seven rebounds along the way. Corey Joseph, awesome off the bench, eleven points in limited minutes. There, cool for him. Uh, overall, that was solid. Cleveland and Indiana, Indianapolis Colts, no, the Indiana Pacers. Mister Stevenson out there, kind of being what he is, kind of crazy, kind of wild. Paul George, eh, you know, forecaster ranting about him calling him an asshole for taking a stupid shot down the stretch. Strong game for Paul George, but didn't get the job done when it mattered. Unfortunately for him, a one-point victory for Cleveland. Again, I think Cleveland's going to be, uh, or excuse me, Indiana definitely a threat to the Pacers without a doubt in this series. LeBron James though pretty strong so far. Nice to see him waking up, getting back to what you know who he what you know he is. And of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers taking a two-nothing lead. Uh, the big three there for Cleveland almost nine scored eighty-nine points in that second game. That was pretty damn impressive to be quite honest. Uh, overall, just a awesome game by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again, 89 points between that big three there. Paul George, another huge night, 32 points. Kept the Pacers in it the whole night, but boy, Kyrie Irving, 37 points. Just scorching the net. Um, man, almost 60% from the floor. What a night. For Kyrie Irving, 4 of 10 from 3 point range that's the only reason his field goal percentage is below 60 uh, Kevin Love, wow <laughs> awesome, I mean he only, only attempted 7 shots, still managed to get 27 points, and he made all of his free throws, that is pretty freaking cool, for Kevin Love anyway, uh, overall strong game by these guys, and good job to the Cavs at least taking a 2 nothing lead they're lucky to have it, because they almost blew that first game, to be quite honest with you uh, so that's pretty much all she wrote for the postseason at this stage. Let's wrap this show up. We'll have more to talk about the postseason as it gets more and more interesting in that Western Conference. The second round is going to be a lot better than the first, got to say. The Eastern Conference is it's just more interesting right now, and again, the West is going to get real interesting come second round, especially Houston and San Antonio. Um, the Eastern Conference, I like the Eastern Conference. Um, I kind of wish the Wolves were over there, and Flip always wanted the Wolves over there, too. Would have been kind of fun with the Pacers, Bulls, Bucks would have been kind of closer rivals instead of like, you know, Portland and such. That's kind of far away. I don't know, and I hate Portland anyway. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, well, well. Again, not really anything in the fan interaction. Just want to appreciate the retweets from Tene and uh, Levi Wilson-Brown. Vince Germano, thank you guys so much. Again, the next episode will be episode 200. Maybe I'll reminisce a teeny tiny bit. And of course, really cool. Do check out the old shows. For those of you curious how me and Marcus used to sound years ago, episode number two. You can go all the way back to episode number two. The audio sucked the first year or so for Timberwolves Explosion, but by August 2009... That's when I got the new, like, a real microphone rather than a cheap little thing. And the audio improved dramatically after that. Of course, also, the Forecaster, kind enough to help me out with the extremely good sound card at the time. Uh, that was awesome. Um, got things rolling in a good direction. But every single episode on there, check out State of the Timberwolves 2010. If you, you know, you just want something classic. You want to hear me and Marcus at our absolute best years ago. State of the Timberwolves uh, 2010. That was episode 58 So, yeah, literally 58. So, look look that up. It's so much fun. Awesome conversation there. So many good episodes with me and Marcus in the past. Hope to get him back again. Uh, no conversation from him yet about what Garnett had to say. Hopefully by the next episode, which could be in a couple of days for all we know, we'll conversate with those of you out there in fan interaction, get a little, more intera- a little more conversation with you guys. How to get there? Well, that's facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. For Twitter, it's at Wolves Explosion because Timberwolves doesn't fit. Give that a follow. Give the Facebook page a like and after that, that's Flips Army. Look up Flips Army. Conversate on there. Maybe talk about Garnett. I'm sure you're going to get... <laughs> if you're on my side of things, you might get a little backlash from people on there, but you know what? That's called conversation. Whatever. I'm not going to let, let it... Uh, I'm not going to, A, let it change my mind, necessarily. I can conversate with somebody and I have an open mind, but I'm not going to let them force me into... Saying uh, Garnett was wronged big time both times. In 2007, he was a little bit. I think the conversation was a little stupid by Glenn Taylor there. Uh, second time around, whatever. I mean, life's not fair. It's really not. You know, there's nothing fair about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's look up Flips Army, I'm changing the conversation here, Flips Army look that up on there, uh, Trevor Wickerin the founder of that page, kind enough to let me post on the page, to Look uh, links to Timberwolves Explosion, thank you very much give that a like and follow as well, the phone lines 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 it is a voicemail do treat it as such, mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion, do your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine your voice will be on with mine Pun not intended But uh, whatever, it worked great Uh, Multiple ways to get on There's the call now button Which transfers you to the same number Via Facebook Messenger 100% free regardless where you're from In the planet If you're from Mars, well as long as you have Wi-Fi connection You'll still get in So hop on board uh, Marvin Marvin Martian, hop on board Call in the Terminals Explosion Hmm. Kevin Garnett. Joey, you're you're kind of wrong with this one Hmm. So, yeah Over in Mars, we love the Timberwolves Yes So, yes, Marvin, you're more than welcome to call in I know Marvin listens So please call in uh, If you could, anytime Just use the call now button Or you could even send an audio submission Again, as long as you have Wi-Fi (laughs) Audacity, you could go that route With your podcasting microphone If you're a podcaster out there or of course, there's the free uh audio recorder on any smart device ipad iphone android uh Samsung tablet, whatever the hell it is they're hundred they're always free on there it just you can keep it to anywhere from, you know, there's no limit on it, but please don't make it like an hour long or anything, but uh, it's fun. You can go up to five minutes or so and if it's a premium episode like State of the Timberwolves or something, you can make it longer, particularly 10 Brown's got the green light, Vince Germano, Hank McCoy, you guys all have the green light for that. Marcus the Forecaster has the green light too, if he ever calls in. Um, <laughs> or just kind of submits audio, that type of thing. Email it to Live at yahoo.com Live at yahoo.com all this information will be in the show description. Final thing, please do give Timberwolves Explosion a positive rating on iTunes. i greatly appreciate it. Just so much. Please give us a positive rating on iTunes. I will give you a big thank you on air. And uh, there you go. <laughs> Thanks again guys. We'll be back next week. Please don't hate me for what I said about Garnett. I gotta be honest. I gotta give you the full story, the full honesty. And you're welcome to your opinion. I'm not gonna hate you. I mean again especially in 2007 yeah you get the idea Glenn Taylor was wrong this time around I uh, maybe it could have been handled a little bit smoother but that's about as far as I'm gonna go until next time we'll be <laughs> I'm gonna wish you all a nice spring keep keep it coming hopefully a week or less we'll be back on the air maybe two weeks tops